Hello, my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chatter. Of course, I'm here with Deacon Joe. How are you doing today, Deacon Joe? I'm doing wonderful. It's getting deep into winter time. I'm getting kind of itchy to get out. How are you feeling about winter? Oh, same thing, same thing. I can go a little stir crazy in the winter time. What do you do to get out, at, like in the middle of summer? What are some of the recreations you like or oh, have? Oh gosh, like? I like I like hiking. I like to get out on my bicycle, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I have an e-bike, and so it's nice because it has a throttle to twist, just like when I used to ride a motorcycle. It's you, just a lot quieter. You were a motorcycle rider. I'm not sure that everybody knows that. Yeah, Tell us about your yeah, motorcycle riding days. For a long days. time. Well, I started probably when I was about 15 on mini bikes, and kind of went up from there. And my last motorcycle I owned was a. Uh, uh, Kawasaki Mean Streak 1600 CC. What year was that one? Uh, it was a 2005. Oh my, that's uh, all right. Those had some horsepower in them. Oh, and yeah. Kawasaki didn't make anything slow. <laughs> make anything slow. <laughs> um, yeah, we had some words for those when I was in college, but I don't think I can put that on a podcast without it being uh, um, rated as being inappropriate for young listeners. But yeah, those are fast yeah. bicycles yeah. or motorcycles, and God bless you for it. It's a lot faster than I've ever been on. So um, in high school, I had, um, it was like a family bike. It was a uh, Honda, a Honda 350. And it was just shared and got passed down to me. Um, Plenty of dents on the side of it from being (laughs) laid down more than once. I learned to always wear your your helmet. Never go out without your your helmet on. But um, my latest motorcycle adventure was on a BMW. A priest friend had uh, two BMW motorcycles. And he let me ride one of them. He took the other one. And we rode all the way to Laramie, Wyoming. Wow. So that was a good hike for me. And um, I've learned as I've gotten over older that it's a little dangerous to be inexperienced on a motorcycle mm-hmm. and go that far. Yeah. You should just go a few miles at a time while you're getting used to the bike and coming to know it. But yeah. that was like my second time on the on the machine. And I took it all the way to Laramie. Wow. And nice. had a great time and, and loved it. I had a Beamer once. So I had an R60, a 600cc. So Sharon and I rode it to uh, New Braunfels in Central Texas. So... Wow, and Sharon yeah. would get on the back with you and occasionally, and ride with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one, our one big trip. But uh, but I was the the main rider on it. So are there safety protocols that are different when you have a passenger? Because I would never have a passenger. What changes when you've got a passenger on your bike? Well, you have to make sure they know how to lean lean into a turn because you don't want them leaning the opposite way because your tendency when you're on the back is to. Uh, kind of stiffen up or lean the opposite way and that can kind of throw you off. So you have to you have to kind of uh, go some go around town a little bit and get them used to it. Like you were saying the the inexperience can really become a a hazard for you. But uh, once you once you help them on their learning curve a little bit it's pretty good. And she was with me on a few poker runs and things like that. So unfortunately uh, her track record with uh, riding the motorcycle in rain was not real good. So, <laughs> so one of the things that I uh, got in the habit of was just using the rear brake because you can never endo if you're using the rear brake. Right. Uh, I've discovered as I've learned more about uh, motorcycling though is you, you need to use the front brake too because there is no weight on the back if you are if you're braking seriously if you're in a mm-hmm. bad situation the weight shifts onto the front. Right. And so you got to learn how to use the front brake too. But exactly. I was always. Um, uh, yeah, I was obviously inexperienced with it. So wow. the next time you uh, get a motorcycle, let me have some lessons with you. Deacon okay, you yeah, I will definitely have to take, if I get back on one again, I will probably have to take the safety course. But, <laughs> you know, I, I uh, 
used to get a lot of questions from my parishioners who worried about me riding my motorcycle, you know, so I would tell them, well, it, imp- it improves my prayer life. You know? <laughs> improve your prayer life and your guardian angel gets some good exercise. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always enjoyed it because uh, uh, it was it was it was quiet for the most part. I mean, I, my, my last one, like they say, loud pipes save, save lives. So mm. mine was, I had loud pipes, but, but still you get going in that wind. I, I'm not sure get, everybody understands that. It's so that others hear you, right? right? Hear you so coming. Explain yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. And then you want to always do everything. You, you talk about safety protocols. You want to do everything you can to be visible, mm-hmm. you know, so that's important because that's, that's 90% of the time when somebody, uh, when you have an accident, it's because they didn't see you. Yeah. Yeah. They can't see you. All right, that's our little spiel on getting out for the summertime. Right, so we are anticipating good. summer already. Who's our sponsor today, Deacon? Oh, our sponsor today are our, our parish choirs, and uh, specifically to Shananiah, who usually plays at the 11 a.m. Mass, and Joyful Heart, who plays at the at the Saturday at the 5 p.m. Mass. And our choirs are are vital to our parish life because they help us to worship the Lord, and they help us to with for, with full and conscious participation at Mass. Beautiful. Thank you to our choirs for all their generous support of the beauty of the liturgy. Mm-hmm. What's the gospel for today? Oh, okay. The gospel is again from Mark. So are, are we ready to hear it? Let's hear it. Would you share it with us, please, Deacon Joe? Said, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to, to you, you, O Lord. Lord. They came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Deacon Joe, one of the first things that I noticed is the unclean spirit was in the synagogue. Mm -hmm. And that throws me off a little bit because usually that which is unclean or that which is evil stays away from the word, the Old Testament or New Testament, would stay away from a place like a synagogue or from the church. And yet this unclean spirit was there at the synagogue. Does that make you think of anything? What does that trigger in you of... This, um, I'm thinking so, like a prayerfulness, like this guy wanted to be clean. He yeah. was looking for the, the way out. And so he was in a battle. There was an interior battle going on. Definitely. This, this um, unclean spirit was not um, completely in control of this guy. He wanted to come to the synagogue, maybe even in the hopes of finding Jesus there. Right. He said to be set wanted free. Wanted that, that to be free. Amen. To be set free. And, to, and so he would go to a prayerful place in order to get that. He, yeah. he was searching that, that type of freedom in a prayerful place. The, uh, the other thing that, that, that struck me about, about this too was uh, uh, re- from, our, from our little commentary that we talked about last week, it uh, talks about how one of the things that helps combat evil is, is making a good confession and going to confession on a regular basis, but also that you do that with a, with a, in conjunction with your prayer life, yeah. and without prayer, uh, yeah. everything else is 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 ineffective. So you have to follow it up with prayer. 
how prayer puts things in order within our lives. Goodness always has order. Evil has disorder. And so when we come to God in prayer, order starts to take its place within our lives. And yeah, without uh, without that order, without that beauty, we start to fall apart. And and people have some sense that they need the order. They have a sense that they that there's disorder in their lives, and they come searching for order. They come they come looking for truth, goodness, and right. So that's a part of what I was seeing with this evil spirit and this guy being in the synagogue. They were the guy was searching for order. Mm-hmm. He wanted things to be right, and there was already a conflict within him of this. Um, righteousness versus the disorder and he knew that he wanted to be clean to be made to me did it did it strike you then as uh that the uh the uh, evil spirit uh knew jesus yeah he knew jesus by name what do you have to do with us jesus of nazareth have you come to destroy us i know who you are the holy one of god yeah it's the evil spirits who call him the son of god the holy one of god (coughs) jesus refers to himself as the son of man Mm -hmm. but the Evil spirits, those spirits that are transcending this world, they call him the one of God. Um, Here we can have some reflection on the divinity of Christ, that Jesus is God, the second person of the Trinity. And just to believe in God himself is sometimes a stretch for people. Um, We've heard the arguments for the existence of God, and I'll review just a couple of them here. The argument of uh, the unmoved mover. So this is one of St. Thomas Aquinas' five arguments for the, for the existence of God. The unmoved mover means that if there is movement in the world, something has to start the movements. It's not in the nature of anything to move itself. And yet there is movement in the world. And we would call the prime mover, the, the one that gets everything started, we call that God. So a proof for the existence of God is that there is movement in the world uh, Trent Horn makes the analogy of a boxcar. He says, if you look at a boxcar on the railroad, it's not in its own nature to move. But if the boxcar is moving on the railroad, well, it's because the boxcar in front of it is moving and they're tied together. But it's not in any of these things to have a nature to move. You have to get to the locomotive before you discover one that has a nature to move. So even if you don't see or hear the locomotive uh, in front of these boxcars, you know there must be one. Because it's not in a boxcar's nature to move. It doesn't move itself. But there's an unmoved mover at the beginning of the whole train. Hmm. And that's an analogy for the movements within this world, whether it's atoms or just us moving our hands. That uh, it's not in our nature for this stuff to move, and yet it all moves. And it's a sign that there is something that got it all started. There's an unmoved mover. So that's one of the proofs for the existence of God. The other proof is fascinating that I wanted to mention today, and that is um, the proof of fine-tuning. So mm. fine-tuning means that we look in the midst of, of the world, and we see things that are just right for life. So here within, in, uh, on this planet, if we were 1% of the distance from the sun closer to the sun, we would all burn up. And if we were 1% of the distance from the earth to the sun, farther from the sun, we'd all freeze. And yet we are just in the right spot Mm -hmm. to be able to have human life. And so um, that that observation leads us to the question, why? Why is there such fine-tuning? And that's just one uh, observation. There are many others of things that are just right for human life. Mm. And just the amount of oxygen within the world, that there's this correct amount of oxygen for human life. Well, it, how did all that happen? And so um, the options are it could be just by chance, just this big bang and all that that happened. 
or it could be by design. And if there is a design, then there's an intelligent designer at the other side of it. I remember Carl Sagan uh, speaking to that as far as, you know, there's all that chaos theory to go on with the unit that, 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 that uh, concerns the universe. But Carl Sagan said, you know, the more I study things, the more I see order and uh, uh, reason behind things intention wasn't it gk chesterton who said a good atheist cannot be too careful about what he reads yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. if you look at it too closely you start to discover there are presuppositions that the atheists have i've met people who say well there are too many presuppositions with theism well atheists have presuppositions too things they just have to accept without knowing why it's the way things are uh, most of the people that I've met who have decided not to believe in God have not reasoned things out the way that you and I have described. They are just upset because of evil within the world. As mm-hmm. uh, Hume uh, pointed out, if, um, if God exists and he doesn't stop this evil, then he is a bad God. Or if he can't stop this evil, then he isn't God at all. So he uses evil as his reason for, for moving against God. And um, that's been my experience is that people use that type of an argument. Mm-hmm. That there's evil in the world. Why is there pain? And therefore, I'm opposed to God. But God is God. And I learned a long time ago not to try and explain away his ways. Yeah. I let God have his providence. And I'm just going to be his good servant Amen. and serve him as best I can. But this demon in the gospel today recognized him as, as evil or recognized God in our Lord Jesus Christ and was able to make the assertion that he is we claimed to be. All right. Well, Father, would you like to extend God's blessing for us today? Absolutely. We want to bless everybody who's listening to us today, especially for uh, putting up with our motorcycle comments. That went very <laughs> long today, but we enjoyed it. So uh, we need to give everybody a blessing for, for tolerating our podcast today. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.